You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America, Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. Using pure common sense and ignoring the group think, Daniel breaks down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering the Conservative Conscience. And welcome back to the Conservative Conscience here at Conservative Review's Northern Command. I'm already home today, Friday afternoon, May the 17th. Can't wait for the weekend. And in fact, I'm in such a rush because we're actually going to head out the door. The kids are already here. We will have to cut things short today. I'm running a little late, but I know a lot of you guys rely on this for the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and just wanted to give you maybe an abridged version of our daily town hall to give you something to chew on over the weekend. So uh, let's just tie up a lot of the loose ends from the week. I meant to have a guest on today. Originally, I was going to dissect the Kushner-Trump immigration plan, (laughs) but the irony is... It's one big nothing burger. I mean, there's nothing really to say on it. I have a column out today. I'll put it in show notes. It's a worthy distraction, but a distraction nonetheless. I mean, that's just what it is. Um, Like I predicted, it's extremely light on the border, meaning on the current invasion. It says things like strengthen our asylum system. You know, um, it doesn't, it's like talking points. The only degree of specificity was on the legal immigration reforms. And basically, just to review the argument we made earlier this week, it's a lost opportunity for the president. Yesterday was a time when he should have given an 1182F shutoff speech. To say that things have gotten so bad, give a list of 10, 15 cascading ills, effects on America from the criminality to the public charge. And it would have been very understandable. And he said, look, you know, I felt there was a need to shut off immigration from countries where we couldn't vet people. So I shut it off from Yemen and Iran and yada, yada. And the Supreme Court said blatantly, the president has full power, unquestionable. I would have tossed in some quotes from the Trump v. Hawaii decision. And then I would have went on to say, there is no difference if you come to our land border. We can't vet any of these people. And even the ones we know aren't a problem, they're empowering the worst elements in our hemisphere the smuggler organizations, the cartels, allowing previously deported violent criminals to get back in the country. Who's going to pay for the health care, the welfare of these people, the schools? What sort of burden is this going to be on the states? And I want to get to that in a minute with Florida. And then talk a little bit about a fraction of what we've put out on, on the contagious disease concerns cite some of the citations from law, and that's it, and do it. Instead, it was this big distraction about merit-based systems. And as you well know, I agree with him. 
I agree with him. It's appropriate to have this discussion at the right time. But everyone agrees it's not going to pass. It's dead on arrival. It's a, a reiteration of what he said all along, albeit a watered-down version of it. Why now? It's so random. Everyone's asking the question, why now? Now, why now is very obvious. No, 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 no. Inspector Gadget. So Inspector Gadget, a.k.a. Uh, Wonder Boy Kushner, he needed... He has projects that he needs to put out. In order to understand the random nature of this, where it's coming from, it's not bad. There's no amnesty in this. It's only good in vague terms. I have no problem with it. But it's the ultimate squirrel to chase. And it just takes... When you start talking about long-term immigration issues, it literally takes away the focus on the emergency and it weakens your case for it. Again, imagine someone sitting and talking about a small leak in the roof with a river flooding their basement. But the reason why this came out, it's one reason. I mean, it's Trump, Trump himself is not going to talk about it much afterwards. But you got to look at what happened with the PLO Israeli thing. It's a similar thing. Jared Kushner gets an idea in his mind. I'm going to go bring peace. And then, (laughs) you know, it's like, what? I mean, whatever ideology you are on Iran, the Middle East in general, everyone agrees that this is not where it's at. It's the most random thing. The Arab countries aren't into the PLO anymore. None of them care. Nobody cares. I'm not saying his plan is bad. I haven't seen it. They keep talking about it. Whatever. The point is, it's just it's just the, the last thing that you need to be thinking about in terms of the Middle East now. So it's a similar thing here. He has a random thing. I'm going to fix the immigration system. So finally, my point is, if you're going to do this, if you're going to um, accede to the notion that we need Congress for things and Congress is not going to pass this and this is just a gold standard document, an aspirational goal, which is fine. I'm all for aspirational documents. But that's when you're doing the things that need to be done now on the bills that matter, on the budget bills that matter, and the executive policies that could be done without Congress. And then you have the right messaging bills too. So you could have an aspirational document. I think we should put out such a document on healthcare, for example. But if it's just aspirational, then go full force. There's nothing new here. It's called the RAISE Act. Introduced by Tom Cotton two years ago, Trump endorsed it. It cuts the immigration levels by 40 to 50%. This bill lays down the marker that even the rightmost goalpost of the Trump immigration plan is numbers neutral. Same 1.1 million green cards every year. Now look, don't get me wrong. If you would 
implement such a plan, I'd rather 1.1 million more high-skilled than low-skilled. But it still misses the point that we have had 50 years of uninterrupted mass migration, primarily from the third world, fundamentally transforming America in a way that nobody could have imagined. I mean, even Kennedy and the Democrats, if you look at the way they spoke about the bill, they said, look, it's not going to fundamentally change the character of America, the demographic balance. Everyone understood. No one's for like, oh, we can't have certain types of people. No, we're for all people. But there's a certain equilibrium, right? There's a certain common sense. And it's gotten so out of hand. It so dwarfs the great wave on every measure. It is longer and deeper than the great wave. And then after the great wave, we had five decades of a shutoff. And now we can't even speak about any bit of a slowdown. So, like, the... There's nothing new about this. It's called the Raise Act, which now he's walking away from. It's just really super bizarre. But then there's the irony of Mitch McConnell. So what I heard from friends is that, look, there's an importance to at least getting Republicans on record. Daniel, you're right. It's a little bit of a distraction to the border. You're right, it's never going to pass anyway. You're right, it's walking back the Rays Act. But look, you know, the rhinos, the Republican establishment, they're never going to support the Rays Act. So this is a way of at least getting the official Republican position united that at least we're for ending low-skilled chain migration. Um, so that was more or less what I'm hearing. More or less... This, at least the rationale behind this. Yet, today, you have all the headlines, I'm sure many of you have seen, that McConnell is cool to Trump's immigration plan. Like you would think, I mean, again, not cutting any numbers, right? So all, all it says is just very aspirational. We're going to have a point system like other countries, not cut any numbers, just backfill it with more high-skilled, um, get rid of the diversity visa lottery, fix asylum. It doesn't go into specifics, but like this, like, you know, you would think like it's innocuous and okay, it would get everyone on board. Here's the joke. After distracting and watering down, guess what? Guess what? Mitch McConnell puts out the most vapid statement. It was unbelievable. It was like he was extremely cool to it. I mean, you know, you know, you'd think your your leader of the party is the president and you have the Republican majority leader of the same party who would really be praising it up. He was like, we're reviewing the president's proposal. And then he put out like some random boilerplate. I mean, this is where Kushner is so stupid. He just doesn't get it. They will never, ever support our values. In their world, it's suicide to talk about getting rid of any bit of migration, even if you're going to backfill it 
with numbers neutral, you know, more immigration. So you're not cutting numbers. Still, like there's nothing, you can't negotiate with these people. Trump needs to take them by blunt force with his vetoes, with primary challenges. He has his own brand. He's bigger than all of them. There's no lukewarm hell here. Lots of lessons here. But anyway, those were my broad, broad thoughts. But then something else happened today that speaks to the core of what is wrong with this administration's approach on immigration, of refusing to use the lawful powers that they do have and always focusing on a squirrel of what they might do. Carry a white flag and and speak loudly. Speak loudly and carry a white flag. That's basically the thing. Speak loudly. Oh, the next time out of the election. And that's another thing. He made this all about the election that really disturbed me because that scares me and tells me that are, are they okay with this invasion for another 16 months? Which, by the way, is not going, or more than 16 months, um, it's not going to change in 2021 either. Even in the best case scenario, it's not going to change. If you agree that any district court could screw you on immigration, and you agree that without the 60 votes in the Senate, you can't do anything, won't push anything, won't leverage the budget bills because the government shut it, you're done. It's that, that, that's the story of the first two years. Right, The outcome of the next election is not going to be better than the first two years. So if you're not going to force a leadership shakeup with McConnell and McCarthy, you're not going to get involved in primaries. You're not going to leverage vetoes on must-pass bills like the, the, the disaster aid bill, the budget bills. You're not going to force them to take up... Um, you know, good messaging bills. You're not going to use the bully pulpit every Thursday night, give a speech from the Oval Office presenting everything short of classified information on what's going on at the border. Then then there's nothing left. Nothing's going to change. But anyway, what I want to talk about was... um. Earlier today, once again, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is as radical as the Ninth Circuit, issued an opinion basically upholding just the essence of the district judge, one of the district judges, to say that the president unlawfully got rid of DACA. But here's the catch. Once again... The judge didn't say there's a constitutional right to it. Just said that, look, look, he said, I don't have that in front of me. I'm trying to get it here. But basically, you violated the Administrative Procedure Act, okay? You violated the APA the Administrative Procedure Act. 
All that means is he didn't issue the 30-day comment period, the warning, publish a reg in the Federal Register to do it. Well, the courts, and this is a California judge, was the first one in January 8th of last year already did this. He's had 16 months. Now, look, I believe you know you shouldn't listen to courts like this, but but fine. So you want to say it requires an APA? So fine. You know, um, publish it. And that's it. It's done. That's his leverage. Get rid of DACA. Get rid of DACA. If you want to shake up this issue and get something done, that is the way to do it. It is false that courts aren't allowing him to do it. Now, they might come back with a second round and do it, but as of now, they haven't. They just said you need to use the APA. Now, of course, it's radical. It's bogus. The APA regulates decision-making processes um, for federal agencies when they promulgate reg- um, regulations. So the APA said it's subject to judicial review. Congress gave the courts power to review them. But that is something that is... Um, but but statute, the APA explicitly says that there's no review for action that is committed to agency discretion by law. If the law gives them discretion, right? The whole point of Obama was like, it's prosecutorial discretion. So now they're not going to do the discretion, right? They're going to do it the other way. That doesn't need an APA. So it's a nutty decision. And look, thankfully, just, just so you know, um, this was a two-to-one decision. The two bad judges that were Democrats – and this guy Richardson was a Trump appointee to the Fourth Circuit, so it's good good to know that you do have a Trump appointee that got it right on the APA. He he noted that there shouldn't be standing to sue here, and it's not subject to the APA. But I'm saying what a lot of people are going to miss, you're going to see headlines, you know, court says that Trump got rid of DACA unlawfully and he can't get rid of it. But people automatically think, oh, that means that there's like a constitutional right to, to amnesty. No, that's not what they say. They just say you need to issue a you know a warning in the Federal Register. There's a process for that. But there's a dirty little secret. The, the courts are saying he didn't do a proper APA because he didn't give an explanation for why he's getting rid of it. Right? Usually you do that with an APA. The courts, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you in on a secret. They're not wrong. Again, they're radical to get involved. As the Judge Richardson said today, there's no jurisdiction over it. There's no, it's unreviewable. It's not subject to the APA. You can't possibly say that a discretionary policy, which is unlawful of one administration, the next administration has to continue. That's only if you promulgate a new regulation, of course. But Trump kind of did open himself up to this with this half-assed stuff. Sometimes when you go the more categorical route, it's actually easier. You're actually clearer. It gives your opponents in the courts less opportunity to cloud it with legal fog. If you just say, Trump v. Hawaii, sale v. Haitian Immigrant Center, 1182F shutoff, done. But they cloud it with garbage. So in this case, here's the dirty little secret. They weren't going to get rid of DACA, and ultimately they didn't, and now they've issued another 400,000 renewals. But the only reason why he acted in the fall, what it was like, September, October 2017, 
that was like nine months into his presidency when he promised to get rid of it, quote, immediately, was because Ken Paxton sued him the other way in court. And by suing him the other way in court, he was like, oh, well, I mean, I got to get rid of it because they're saying it's unconstitutional. So on that, the courts jumped in and said, wait a minute, you're it's it's arbitrary what you're saying because who says they're going to do it? And to this day, the truth is the Fifth Circuit didn't do it or the district judge there in Texas. They're too reluctant. I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly where those proceedings stand, but they never did do it. So they're kind of right, the judges, in that respect, in that one respect. Even then, they have no right to get involved, but like. You know, they're like, no, you got to give a reason. Say, you know, you believe it's unconstitutional and you believe it's bad policy or whatever. Instead, he's like, well, I'm worried that a Texas judge will rule this way. Well, they didn't rule this way. So that's a dirty little secret. So a lot of the Trump defenders on, on Twitter are like, Daniel, shut up. What do you want from him? It's just court's fault. You can't not listen to a court. Like, it's actually not true. They actually are too scared to get rid of it. And it's because of that is why the courts got involved. And even after they got involved, they could still get rid of it with it issuing an APA. So that is his entire leverage over them. They're like, I don't have the House. I don't have the 60 votes. I don't have this. I don't know. This is something you do have. You can get rid of it tomorrow. They don't want to get rid of it. They don't want to even threaten to get rid of it. And this is what bothers me. And again, like I said yesterday, I understand Trump. I get it. There's not much of a movement saying what I'm saying, so he doesn't feel the pressure, nor does he feel the positive reinforcement. But I still, it's important that we push back on him, not in a way of like dismantling him, but just in a way like, hey, we're not there yet. Don't tell me we've climbed Mount Everest when when we've gone backwards. This is what bothers me. Every time the administration and policy goes backwards, Trump tweets out like these hardcore things in the future. Ignore the present. Look at the future. So you went and tweeted out this morning all sorts of things. Where is this? The Democrats now realize that there's a national emergency at the border and that if we work together, it can be immediately fixed. We need Democrat votes and it will be well. First of all, that's not true. You're ceding the moral high ground there. It's not true. It's current law. Border Patrol is apprehending record numbers of people at the southern border. The bed hombres, of which there are many, are being detained and will be sent home. Those which we release. So he contradicts. He says, oh, we ended catch and release. But then he says, well, those who are being released under the ridiculous catch and release loophole are being registered and will be removed later. <laughs> All people that are illegally coming into the United States now will be removed from our country at a later date as we build up our removal forces and as the laws are changed. Please do not make yourselves too comfortable. You'll be leaving soon. Do you know why Trump is saying that? Because Drudge has on the headlines right now two articles up. One, ICE to move 2,500 illegals across the country. And another is the, the South Florida story of dumping potentially thousands of these migrants to um, Palm Beach and Broward counties. So that is so like bad things happen, but then he promises the moon, but then can't even deliver on what Obama did. 
I mean, this is what bothers me. So it's like, let's say in terms of policy measurements, let's say on immigration, we're at a five, okay? Under Trump, whatever, whether it's his fault or not, we wind up sliding back in actuality to a two. And then he talks a 10. So then the conservative movement and media, conservative media, focuses on defending or buttressing his rhetoric on the 10. It's all distraction. Let's not get distracted. Let's focus on the invasion like a laser beam. Let's focus on how this is not right to Americans, how it's an American humanitarian crisis, and let's focus on how the president has power under current law to stop this. Let me develop this thought a little bit. So the Florida story, this is from WPTV, Palm Beach County. The Border Patrol will soon transport 500 migrants a month from the border to Palm Beach and Broward counties, according to Palm Beach County Sheriff Rick Bradshaw. It's not a good plan, Sheriff Bradshaw said at the news conference Thursday afternoon. We think it's a danger to our community, and it's going to put a real strain on what resources we have. Sheriff Bradshaw said that Border Patrol in Miami informed him that the migrants will be family units and they'll be released into the community pending an asylum hearing. They're going to give a notice to appear, said Sheriff Bradshaw. How many people do you think are coming back? Zero. No accommodations for transportation, no accommodations for shelter, just no real plan for what's going to happen to these 500 people a month. And then look look at this. And by the way, this sheriff, I looked him up. He's a registered Democrat. Now, he seems to be a more normal one, as many sheriffs are. He is a lawman. Now, you did have that crazy brow former Broward sheriff was nuts, but most law enforcement aren't going to be radical Democrats. And look what he said. The sheriff added his agency is already stretched thin between homelessness, the hepatitis A outbreak, and other issues. And he said, quote, to take this type of influx of illegal immigrants into Palm Beach County is a public safety problem. What kind of health conditions do they have? What are they going to do when they get here? I found that to be really telling. See, when it comes to this issue, it's a winning issue. Even Democrats, nobody, I mean, and the same thing, they quoted Broward County officials. I mean, that, that's a hugely, dem- they're both Democrat County jurisdictions. You would think they'd be all like, hey, huh, we need to help our brethren, our global brother." No, they're pissed. This is a winning issue. Why can't Trump just get up there and literally say what the sheriff said? Now, look, maybe there's some 5D chess going on here because I will explain there is something good about this. Part of the problem is that until now, all the dumping has been at the border. And the border is full of like left wing, not just left wing, but jurisdictions that are totally bought up by by the cartels. They're not protesting like Las Cruces, New Mexico. And then they quietly get bust throughout the country. And, and, the, and the effects aren't apparent enough. The crime, like, you know, it takes our reporting to have to vet this out. But when you dump them helter-skelter like that in non-border communities, maybe this is going to turn the corner. I don't know. 
Now, Ron DeSantis, the governor, went on record and was like, hey, I didn't hear anything about this. Nobody told me. He said it probably came from Border Patrol, not the president himself. He said he's going to talk to the president. Um, but he said very clearly, we cannot accommodate in Florida just dumping unlawful migrants into our state. I think it'll tax our resources, schools, healthcare, law enforcement, and state agencies. So why can't Trump say that on a 50-state level and therefore we're stopping it? It's very simple. Trump has a shutoff from Yemen and Iran. They're coming from those countries, not in mass numbers, but they're coming. They're inadmissible, which means they get sent back. Even if they're asylees, there's no exception for asylees in the travel ban. So here you have a complete ban at our border. You will be returned. Done. Oh, but you have to offer asylum. That's only when you're offering it. Here's the process. 1182F gives him the emergency power to shut it off. Even Democrat jurisdictions are calling this an, an emergency. I've been saying this for 17 freaking months, sounding like a broken record on the, on the show. Like now they'll talk about all the problems, the logistics. Yeah, every month you wait, you see the high ground on this issue. But you should have been preparing the messaging for months. And another thing, where are, where are the, um, what do you call it? The ads in, in Latin America saying that we're going to return you. Where are the ads? I don't get it. This is what Obama did. He started airlifts and he started advertising it. So, you know, this is the issue here. You know, I spoke with uh, the head of HSI in, in El Paso's office this week. I did an hour-long interview with him. I'm going to try to publish something on it later this week or next week. And he noted that part of the problem is that yeah, we're going to see over the next five years all these effects. He says he sees major stash houses now of humans in El Paso, but they're not staying in El Paso. They all tell me they're going to the East Coast, a couple other places too. So you don't see the outrage at the border, but then elsewhere it just kind of dispersed. Why is nobody talking about this? Why can't Trump be as emphatic as Ron DeSantis and this Palm Beach County Sheriff? Now, look, maybe, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is part of their plan and maybe this is part of his, like, you know, promise to send them to sanctuary jurisdictions. I forget if Broward and Palm Beach are officially sanctuary or not. I don't have the map with me offhand. You could check that up at Center for Immigration Studies. But that's the issue here. So he, here's, the, here's the dirty little secret. <clears throat> take out a Google map. Okay, let, let, let's do an exercise here. Let's take out a map and go to McAllen, Texas. Okay, we're going to do this here. McAllen, Texas which is where they're transporting a lot of them from. It's one of the big epicenters of all this uh, migration. Okay. 
So you go from McAllen and you measure the distance as the bird flies. Just just measure it to just say Fort Lauderdale, okay? Broward County, just Fort Lauderdale. You get 1,118 miles. Okay? 1118. Very simple. 1118. Now, go on your Google map and go to Gua- measure from McAllen, Texas to Guatemala City. You'll get 1,001. So it's actually slightly shorter to Guatemala. Guatemala City, right? And certainly if you go ahead and measure from El Paso to Broward, El Paso is all the way west, that's certainly going to be, it's closer to send them back to Guatemala. So there's one thing like, oh man, it's logistics, Daniel. I don't know, we can't have a shutoff because that's only at the airports, but the land border, they're already here. Like, what are you going to do? So there's one thing if we're just like holding them near the border and we feel like we have to do it, but we're not. We feel that that's not a situation that's tenable. So we have to fly them. So once you're flying them, why fly them to the interior and not there? Well, uh, asylum. Well, no, because he could shut it off. I, I, I don't know what to say. We had an eight to one court decision in 1993 on this with the Haitians. We had the decision last year that upheld Trump's much less justified, it was certainly justified, but you know, travel ban, while citing the, the sale case in 93 is settled law. Like, they don't even assert this. Just send them back. We're closed. It's a common sense thing that nothing trumps sovereignty. All things equal, he could give a speech. All things equal, we would like to give asylum even when we know there's a lot of fraud. We'll be patient and check it out. But if it's gotten this bad, it's 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 an emergency. You can't do this. People understand that. Take a poll as to how many people want this dumped in their communities, and you'll find out it's a 90-10 issue, and much of that 10% is just virtue signaling. Privately, they really don't want it, but they're... You know, it's against their religion to say it, articulate it publicly. You could realign American politics on this issue alone. But the path that they're going down, the way they're doing it, they're not they're not gonna do it. I don't know. So we're gonna investigate some of this stuff. Um I'm gonna try to get a hold of of this sheriff. Try to see what's going on elsewhere. There's a lot of lot of stories. Um, it's extremely difficult to get the truth, and uh, it's it's been a long week. I'll just tell you that much. It's been a long, long week. But yeah, I mean, it's very hard. No matter how many arguments I give, 10, 15, 20 arguments as to why he has the power and under what circumstances and what statute and what constitutional provision, it's very hard when the administration themselves says hundreds of times so emphatically that their hands are tied and they need a new law from Congress in order to have a border. I mean, that's a big problem. It's just not true. 
You could say you need Congress to change a couple of things for, um, you know, the long term if you want to embark on the process but have it go a certain way. But the notion that you could just shut off the process no matter what, when you believe it's like the wording of the statute is detrimental to U.S. interests. Okay, that's what it is. Doesn't say like the world is coming apart. There's a nuclear war or a time of war. It's not like a war provision. Detrimental. I mean, this is detrimental times three million. So that's what's going on here. What a wasted opportunity yesterday. What a wasted opportunity. Stop making us chase squirrels. And like, I don't know why the president's not talking about this. Another, another, another story. Um, I'm sure some of you have seen this. So we've been reporting to you that there are endless cases of Americans killed by illegals every day that goes unreported. And we've proved that from the fact that if you just look at the SCAP payments, those are the reimbursement requests from state and local jails to the federal government for housing illegals, and you could search that by homicide, and then you look at the amount of apprehensions ICE has per year for homicides. And it's like illegals are like 4% of the country. And they account for, you know, like 2,000 out of 9,500 and more than 20% of apprehensions for homicide. Now, again, that's not scientific because they're different years. It's on the back end. But we capture a similar number reoccurring every year. So it's it's roughly somewhere in that ballpark. I can't give you a number where it doesn't exist, but it's clearly a lot more than their share of the population. So we had that. So we find out now, the story in Texas, senior living communities where this this uh, animal, Billy Chemerer, 46 years of age, an illegal alien from Kenya, has been in Dallas County Jail since March 2018 when he was accused of smothering an 81-year-old woman in her Dallas home and attempting to kill two women in Collin County. This week, grand juries in Dallas and Collin counties handed up 11 additional capital murder indictments. So for years, all these cases went unreported. See, it took years to find out that the killer of these people he were, um, wasn't illegal. Look how terrible it is. Terrible. I mean, the left has men, they they have they have the ability to take a story a fraction of how juicy it is. And I hate to frame it as such, but that's how it works in, you know, in political combat. And they will push 
their policy solutions to the gates of hell based on it. Okay? Why is this not... Why do you not have on Monday Republicans voting on a laundry list of mandating ICE detainers, punishing sanctuary cities, mandating the that states and localities ask your citizenship and if you're an illegal, immediately notify ICE. So as soon as someone's arrested for anything, immediately, immediately, you are um, you are sent over. Giving private citizens whose family members are killed or harmed by illegals a private right of action against local governments. Beefing up ICE um, resources to identify and immediately apprehend and deport every criminal alien in this country. Criminal aliens! You can't lose on this issue. I, I just I just don't know what to say. Norma French, 85 years old, never took off her wedding ring even after her husband died in 2006. Doris Gleason, 92, always wore her gold necklace even when she went to sleep each night because the point was the guy stole the jewelry. Um, Phyllis Payne, 91, May 14th, 2016, Dallas. Phoebe Perry, 94, June 5th, 2016, Dallas. Okay, we mentioned Norma French and Doris Gleason. Minnie Campbell, 84, October 31st, 2017 in Plano. Carolyn McAfee, 81, December 31st, 2017. Rosemary Curtis, 75, January 19th, 2018. Mary Brooks, January 31st, 2018 in Richardson. Martha Williams, 80, March 4th, 2018. Miriam Nelson, 81, March 9th, 2018. Ann Conklin, 82, March 18, 2018. Lutai Harris, 81, March 20th, 2018 in Dallas. I mean, folks, one man of foreign national, I mean, you have people, some of them almost near the World War II generation. They built this society. They built this country only to have themselves in their old age smothered to death or killed in some other way by an illegal. And the important thing here, and this is the amazing thing, everyone gets into, you know, identity politics, oh, you hate Latinos or Central Americans, this and that. The beauty of this issue is, by definition, criminal aliens, every death is avoidable. It's not a racial issue, it's, it's a redressability issue. This guy was a Kenyan. It could be a guy from France, it could be a guy from England, it could be a guy from Canada, from Israel, from Australia, it doesn't matter. By definition, it's avoidable. If we enforce the integrity of the laws already on the books. Man, does this hose me. So, you know, I got to find out about this story. But, um... You know, because I, I wonder what sort of criminal record he had. But anyway, this is where we are. 
Now, just want to end off the fact that because I I'm running out of time, I gotta leave a little early. Democrats passed today a bill to codify their homosexual, transgender, whatever sexual licentious act to codify into civil rights, make them a protected class. So not just at a governmental level, but at an individual, private level, you could own a private business and someone shows up to work with, you know, looking like a a guy wants to, you know, use a different bathroom, you are bound to service that. Protected class. And, um, you know, it's H.R. 5. Only eight Republicans joined along. Elise Stefanik is one of them. We're told she's the future of recruit recruiting women in the party. Imagine that. The one that is tasked by the GOP recruiting women candidates votes for a bill eradicating the scientific definition of womanhood and codifying that into civil rights. Chewing that for a moment. Bozo. But anyway, a couple things here. First of all, this bill goes so far that, and, and anyway, usually when you're in the minority in the House, you vote against what they do. But truth be told, most Republicans support the basic foundation for this. But there's another big point. A lot of people are going to be debating this, yelping about it. It's not going to, you know, go anywhere. You know, it's not going to pass. It's not going to be signed into law. But I got news for you. To this day, the Seventh Circuit, and I think a couple other circuits, have already codified it. This is the point. Democrats push a bill. They push an effort. So they start creating some political momentum. That signals to the courts to unilaterally implement it which further creates a self-fulfilling prophecy of more momentum because everyone's like, oh, the court's ruled. It it, it looks like it's right. So we might think, oh, we dodged a bullet. The Senate's not going to pass it. I got news for you. All these things you're looking at, oh my God, imagine if Democrats had the Senate and the White House Man, uh, abolish ICE. Um, oh, man, uh, Medicare for all, Green New Deal, transgenderism. I got news for you. The courts are codifying transgenderism. The courts are codifying the Green New Deal. They're shutting down drilling everywhere. They're codifying Obama's Green New Deal as the law of the land. Abolish ICE. I could do you one better. The courts and the administration acting on the most extreme interpretation of the most extreme district judge rulings, and then and then some, has not only abolished ICE, but abolished Border Patrol. Border Patrol is abolished. We got to remain focused. Sovereignty and the courts, if there's anything we need to stand for at this point, it's, it's, it's these two issues at this point. I'm going to cover other things as always. By the way, one other thing, some of you are um, asking, where is this? I'm getting tons of emails that people think I'm kidding them when I talk about us reimbursing the Taliban. 
No, I'm not. I'm not joking. I'll link to it in show notes, okay? I'll give you a, a link to it. I got it from a subscription article, but I'll link to it in show notes. So, um, there you go. We are indeed reimbursing foreign terrorists for travel expenses. Now, they'll say it's because we're trying to have a negotiated settlement ending to the war, but they are doing it. Um, by the way, uh, <laughs> I just got an email from you, Darlene. <laughs> Beautiful line here. If Jared wants to see prejudice against skin color, he should travel south of the border. Americans do not practice the level of prejudice that exists in Latin America. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yep. Mr. Jared. But anyway, I wanted to give you a fair and balanced view of that. The actual plan itself, there's nothing bad. It's either just vague or or good. It's just a distraction, never going to be passed. Sacrificing the focus on what sh- can and should be done in, in his more immediate executive actions. And in, as an aspirational document, it actually waters down the original commitment to begin cutting the numbers for once. Anyway, we've had a tremendous week here. Lots of good material. Send me your notes, your questions. Look, if you could do sleuthing for me, different ways we're seeing communities affected, schools, hospitals, health concerns, where illegals are being dumped. That's a big part of this people aren't reporting on. The Florida story is the first big one. I really want to get into this. I haven't had time to you know, meet up with the right people. You guys are very smart. Help me out. Email me at dharowitz at blazemedia.com over the weekend. I'll try to read those emails. We'll come here fresh and all rested from the weekend on Monday. I hope you guys enjoy your family time. Enjoy your you know, spring weekend. You never know. God's salvation can come at the blink of an eye. Hopefully, we come back Monday. We have good news. But until then, as always, we're going to speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Thank you very much. <laughs>